and welcome back to In The Pocket Across The Pond, the UK NFL fantasy football podcast with me, Alex Brindle. As usual, I'm joined by Lewis and Sharples. We're going to talk a little bit of news up top, not much to report, and then we're going to get straight into our rankings for this season, our top 12 players at each position. Straight up top, guys. Let's talk about this Saints news. So Alvin Kamara, we finally got an answer to his suspension. It's going to be three games for the Las Vegas incident in 2022, which, I mean, some people were expecting two, some people were maybe expecting nothing. It's not great. Um, what's even worse is the fact that Kareem Hunt is now expected to sign with the Saints as well. Thoughts on that one, Al? Um yeah, I just don't really want any part of this running back room anymore. Not that I really was excited to draft Alvin Kamara. I'll be honest, the, the three-game suspension's on the lower side. I thought it was going to be a bit more. So the fact that it's a three-game suspension, the fact that they seem to have come out and acknowledged the fact that they need to get Kamara more involved or kind of like more efficient, get involved in more efficient ways because he has had a, a down few years... Um, and we do think of him as one of those elite running backs. So when I initially got the three-game news, I'd already drafted a league really early, couldn't help myself, uh, and I went against one of our tips last week to not draft a suspended player and took Alvin Kamara because there was no one else there in like mm. the 10th or 11th round or something. Um, and, and the team I got was already quite stacked of, of running backs, so I thought, right, I, I'll, I'll burn a bench spot. Uh, and when I saw the three games, I was quite happy for that team. But then this, this Kareem Hunt news. You've got Kareem Hunt. You've got you've got Kamara to come back. You've got Jamal Williams. I just don't see the upside. And I'd probably take Jamal Williams out of any of them and get some touchdowns. Um, yeah, just makes me sour on all of them, to be honest. Yeah. I would agree with that, and yeah, the Jamal. I mean, I thought Jamal Williams would have, was going to be a, a pretty decent pickup if Kamara was going to be out, but Hunt coming in sort of plays that Kamara role while he's out, and then it's like, where does Kamara fit in when he comes back? You know, like it's great for the yeah, Saints team. Yeah. Kareem Hunt is a good running back, um, and they're going to have one hell of a running back room when Kamara comes back, but. Not really anything for fantasy, I don't think, Sharples. What no, do you reckon? Yeah, I I agree with, with what Al said. I think if it had just been a three-game suspension, then uh, where he's going in the 10th, I think, would have been a bit of a steal. I think you would have seen his ADP go up probably towards the, I don't know, eighth round round or so, because realistically missing three games in a season is pretty par for the course, especially the running back position. But once you add uh, Kareem Hunt into the backfield, who obviously... We don't know what he can do. We know he, he took a lot of points off uh, off Nick Chubb in the Browns. That it just makes you want to go absolutely nowhere near it because he already had Jamal Williams, who loves stealing a touchdown. Kareem Hunt loves doing mm. it too. No, keep me away from the Saints back room. <clears throat> yeah, I would I would agree with with all of those sentiments, to be honest with you. Um, 
And I mean, that's sort of it for news. I mean, do you want any updates on the Buccaneers quarterback battle? I would like more more talk about the the start of the football season, Lou. The Hall of Fame game. The Hall of Oh, okay. Um, the Hall of Fame game. So the, I didn't watch the Hall of Fame uh, yeah, game. Yeah, so, so the Browns won, I think. Yes, they did. <laughs> they did. Um, and apparently, Zach Will- apparently, Aaron Rodgers called a play for Zach Wilson, which the internet loved. Um, and and there's that weird interview. Oh, there's okay. that weird interview floating around of Aaron Rodgers, like you know, we're talking about a dude who I love and care about, and it's like you don't even know him yet. He's talking about Zach Wilson, I love and care, yeah. and I want the best for, and all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, was was the play that he, was was the play that Aaron Rodgers called for Zach Wilson successful? It was it was like a a, a thirty yard bomb to um to oh uh, right okay uh, I, I, so I would, I would just my my head naturally went Aaron Rodgers called a play for called a play for Zach Wilson it was successful it has to have been a handoff yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah. that happened um but the but the so right. I no I've not I've not heard much of this Buccaneers quite since last week well Kyle Trask has. <laughs> Carl Trask has said that um, he's taken some tips from sitting behind the goat, Brady. He's going to try and protect the ball. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just um, okay. I mean, yeah. Since we're on the topic of the Buccaneers, it, something that's popped into my head doing a few mock drafts recently. Given how much the draft capital has fallen on them both recently, I know it's a cardinal sin to take two wide receivers from the same team. I've had Godwin and Evans on my team, and it kind of feels okay. I mean, I'm getting Godwin in the seventh, Evans in the ninth, because I can't, I can't decide who's going to be better of the two. I think they'll both be fine this year. Yeah, I'm pretty happy taking that. Any any thoughts on that? It just feels like you're burning a pick if you're doing that. I mean, on the off chance that anyone listening, or obviously any of us playing best ball leagues, where it's the kind of league where you draft a team, you draft a full roster, players in your bench. And if you're playing best ball, it's basically your best starting 10, what, what is it, 9, 10. Every week, that's the points that get accumulated. So in a best ball league, so you don't really have to manage your team. Um, so in a best ball league, I like the taking of the two wide receivers, especially the Baltimore. It's like what you're gambling on with Baltimore is that the passing game is going to be good. You don't necessarily know which wide receiver, so in a best ball league, you can take both of them and whichever one goes off goes off. And I suppose if you're in that sort of league, you can do that with the Buccaneers. Um, I like taking them both late in the draft because they're great wide receivers. I don't know about taking them both, though, Sharples. I don't know if I would do that. Lou? Um, I would take neither of them because... The quarterback play is going to be crap. Speaking um, speaking of the goat though, so, speaking, I mean, speaking of the goat though, uh, we're Blackburn Rovers fans, me and Lewis, and we're going to have to go up against the goat <laughs> this season in the championship. <laughs> that was yeah. bizarre, wasn't it? Yeah. I couldn't believe that when I saw that. Birmingham City. What's, what's happened there? Tom Do you Brady. think he wants to get in on the kind of? Um, Football thing, but not at a super super high level. And Birmingham's like the second biggest city in the country, um, and and he's in the second tier. And he's just like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll be in the. Yeah, yeah, he's not like an incredible, you know, for him anyway. It's not an incredible investment because it's not a Premier League side. 
you know, it's and still it won't a big be club. for a while. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's still a big club. I really, I have more faith in in Tom Brady keeping up with, you know, Birmingham City, the results, the signings, than I do LeBron James keeping up with Liverpool. Um, have you seen any of those really funny clips of anyone asking LeBron James, who's a minority shareholder in Liverpool, anything about the squad? Yeah. <laughs> really good stuff. Yeah. Um, I have more faith in Brady to actually be involved, but they've given him some like some bogus title as well, like advisory. executive. Yeah, executive of the advisory, co- chief of the advisory committee or something. And it's a bit like, all right, probably means nothing, doesn't it? It's a bit like Blackburn Rovers. I'm, I'm holding out hope that we, we create the same role and announce Michael Jordan next week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but if, they, if, if, if he runs it, if he'd run Blackburn, if you like the Hornets, then... Yeah, literally, as good as he was a player, that's how bad he is an owner. (laughs) (laughs) But moving on, let's get right into the meat of the episode. Uh, Al, technically, I believe you're going to run us through our official rankings for the 2023 season. Yeah, they're in. They're in. Official rankings for the season are in. Our podcast rankings, you know, we, we all came up with our own, then we we got a little average. Um, really interesting to look at the players compared to consensus, you know, where we have them individually, but also as a group. But pretty much we're going to spend the rest of the episode going through that. Um, 12 players per position, so these are our number ones at the position, our quarterback ones, running back ones, wide receiver ones, tight end ones so these are the guys who we think you should be targeting think you should be drafting who are we're really high on we're not going to be you know gushing over every player especially the tight ends but <laughs> just just know that we like all of these players we like all especially our quarterbacks our running backs our wide receivers where do you want to start lads where do you want to start quarterback uh yeah quarterback yeah. seems like a good place to start so we'll go 12 to 1 coming in at number 12 of the Cleveland Browns is Deshaun Watson I had him at 13 Lewis had him at 13 Sharples quite high on him at 9 especially considering the players that you have him above why is that Sharples why why is Watson a QB1 this season is it a bounce back yeah I mean I was looking into it and uh, leading up to his suspension, he was a top five quarterback three years in a row. Um, and I think people, obviously with everything that's gone on, totally understandable. I think that's the reason he slipped down in, in ADP. I've been getting him in sort of ninth round kind of kind of region. And for a potential top five quarterback, which he's shown he can do, I think that's just silly value. Um, and obviously six or so games last year, however many it was, didn't really show it. But I think he's had a preseason under his belt. He is a good player. Obviously, you have to separate the, you know, the fantasy man from the real man. But I think if you can do that, you're picking up a substantial value in the back of the ninth. And uh, that's why I've got him above the likes of uh, Trevor Lawrence, who I think will be good. I just think Deshaun Watson has the higher ceiling. Mm, interesting. I mean, yeah, it, it all depends on whether you think he's still got it. And um, I think Watson's one of those in my rankings were. 
this 12, 13 kind of area. It's, it still feels on the high side. I feel like I must be blinded by the play that I saw last season because obviously the, the play that he saw last season was nowhere near a quarterback one. But yeah, we're gambling. He's a quarterback one. We're putting him in there. Uh, 11 is the Cowboys quarterback. Q. Yeehaw. Yeehaw! Dak Prescott quarterback. <laughs> Yeehaw. 11. Yeehaw. I think, you know, we, judging by our rankings, there seems to be definitely some Dallas Cowboys bias, on, especially in Lewis's side. Uh, I mean, we both have Prescott at 10, Sharples at 12. That's averaged out to be our quarterback 11. Lou's going to take over a lot of the Cowboys chat when we're talking about these players. Because I think in general, Lou, mm. you see a higher upside. You have more optimism for Prescott than I do this season. Yeah, I think so. Like, Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. And I think that's got lost a bit. Because um, obviously last year wasn't great. Compounded with, like, you know, underwhelming for fantasy, had injuries, missed games, a lot of interceptions as well. But I'm optimistic this year because it's a new offensive system, one that I think is going to protect the ball and give Dak less of these sort of dicey throws which led to all these interceptions. You know, that he might not throw as much as he has done in previous years, but I think his efficiency as a passer is going to improve. That's one word that I'm going to say a lot, I think, with all of these players, you know, the Cowboys players, the efficiency. Um, I, think, I hope it's going to improve. Uh, on top of that, I think that this is like one of the best wide receiver rooms that Dak has had at his disposal. You've got C.D. Lamb, who I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Um, Michael Gallup, another year removed from his injury. And also a, an incredibly capable Brandon Cooks as the second or third read. You know, a lot of safe options there for Prescott. I don't think we're going to relive the previous glories of, you know, quarterback two. I don't think that's possible for year for a year eight Dak Prescott. But I do think he can easily be a top ten guy, which is borderline where I've got him ranked. Yeah, yeah. We've got a tie next. Coming in tied for ninth is Tua Tagovailoa of the Miami Dolphins. Now, me and Lewis like Tua a lot. A little bit more than Sharples. We've got him at nine, Sharples at 11. He's coming in tied for ninth. I just think, in terms of Tua, I like him a lot this season. He's my kind of late-ish round quarterback to target, especially if I draft Tyreek Hill up top. You know, as long as he can stay on the field, of course, I think he's going to be really great. And if he can stay on the field, then he'll be higher than the quarterback nine. You know, it's mainly because of those weapons. If you have Tyreek Hill, if you have Jalen Waddle, both on the same team, I want that quarterback who's throwing to those players. I joked a lot last season that, you know, two would throw a 10-yard pass and it would end up in a 60-yard touchdown because it's Waddle and Hill. They just run past everyone, but you're still getting those quarterback points. And I do think, well, I, I hope... That he's gonna, I'm gambling that he's going to stay on the field and that he's going to be really good because the numbers that he was putting up when he was healthy were really elite. You know, the, the was was there a five touchdown week at some point last season? You know, this is a guy really highly rated coming out of um, 
coming out of college, the, the whole tank for tour thing, it, it just kind of all got derailed by Joe Burrow having the amazing season that he did in college. But that before Burrow went completely off in that final season of, of college, um, it was all tank for tour, tank for tour, you know. And he kind of got injured and fell down a bit. I just think he's going to have a really good kind of breakout season. Breakout season in terms of him staying healthy. But um, he's tied ninth in our rankings with Geno Smith. Uh, me and Lewis, 11th on Geno Smith. Sharples planting his flag with Geno Smith at 7. Comes in our rankings tied ninth with Tua. Why are you so high on Geno Smith, Sharples? Yeah, I think I mentioned it in a... In a previous uh, episode but I mean he was quarterback six last year did it in a very slow and steady way you know it wasn't it wasn't high peaks but it was sort of 17 18 points a game so a lot of consistency and the only thing that's changed is they've added a first round wide receiver pick to that team so for me he only gets better um he's he's done it for me for a big enough sample size if he'd have only come in for five six games last season I don't think I believe in the hype but he did it for a full season I don't think he's going to be electric, but I think he's going to give you that consistency. And where he's going, which is, I've been getting him in 12th, 13th round at time. I just think that's silly value. For me, he's guaranteed top 10. And obviously, depending how things go with other quarterbacks, I think he could sneak into that sort of top eight mark. So that's why I've got him there. I think the value on him is ridiculous. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. I think next, when we go to our quarterback eight here, which is Trevor Lawrence, we're getting into those quarterbacks who you, you are purposefully drafting them. No offence to the guys that we mentioned before, but you Gino, you Tua, you Dak, you Watson. I think you're happy if you end up with those players after you draft. They are players that you draft, they're not streamers. But these are the guys that you target, starting with Lawrence. Um, Lewis has got him at 8, Sharples at 10. I'm quite high on Lawrence at 7. And I, I'm, I, just, I just think you're going to see him become one of the elite quarterbacks this year in that top group. 30-plus touchdowns this year, I think so, for Lawrence. He finished quarterback eight last year, so I think us having him at eight this year really is his flaw. I think we've got him right at his flaw, and we could see him break up and even outscore someone like a Herbert or a Burrow. Mm. Some similar archetype, those big-body, quite athletic guys who can absolutely sling it. I really love Lawrence this year, and I'm so happy if I come out of my drafts with him. We've got another tie next for six. It's Justin Herbert, Lou. You've liked Herbert for a while, haven't you? I do. Justin Herbert, beautiful hair, great hair. Um, he's an even better quarterback, I think. Uh, he's just not really had the coaching around him that he deserves. Hopefully this season that's different. I, I like the weapons, Um at the Chargers, especially the rookie, Quentin Johnson. Nice addition. Um, and yeah, like many people, I like the change in offensive coordinator to Kellen Moore. You know, I think I'm high because I hope that Brandon Staley, who I don't think is the best head coach, I'm hoping he just hands the keys over to Kellen Moore and we get more of that faster pace of play, pass-friendly scheme that we saw in Dallas but now with a truly elite quarterback in Justin Herbert. I think it's the promise of that, which is why I've I've got him ranked as highly as I do. He's tied sixth in our rankings with Justin Fields, who Sharples has five. Um, is it the breakout year for Fields, Sharples? You're, you're three spots higher than me. I, I, I just wish I saw more 
um, from the passing game in terms of fields last year? Is that going to improve? Because we don't really need to talk about the running game. That's why he's this high, because he's such an elite runner. But I'm I'm concerned with his passing game. What do you think of that, Sharples? Yeah, well, I think I think you're right. I think the running gives him the flaw. And even if it is just a running, because of how sort of overpowered that is for the quarterback position, I think the sort of five six region is his flaw. If he does add a passing game to that, I think you could be looking at a quarterback two, quarterback three there, because I think he is that. The, the running gives him such a base. I mean, DJ Moore on the team now, you know, an above average wide receiver could be really good. Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool, not bad. So, I mean, a decent wide receiver room. I think, obviously, like I said, the bulk of it's going to come from the rushing, but if he can get that passing up to, I don't know, three and a half thousand yards, pushing 4,000, a few more touchdowns, I think he could be an absolute force. Um, but yeah, the rushing's just scary good. Guaranteed 1,000 yards for me this year. And yeah, I really like the uh, I really like the potential with Fields. Yeah, he finished quarterback six last year, so exactly where we've got him. And he, he didn't even really start playing start like putting his foot down until about week six so um again another player who we could be having right at his floor here but the reason you know lawrence herbert fields guys that we love are where they are is because of this next crop of players um there's definitely you know depending on who you ask there's a top four or there's a top five i think uh we're going with a top five starting with Joe Burrow, I think he is in that elite range now. What are we feeling about Burrow, lads? Is, it, is there a gap to those next four people in terms of fantasy-wise? Obviously, real life, I, I'd argue that Burrow's the second-best quarterback in the league, real life. But we're talking about fantasy. Is he in that crop with the guys that we're going to mention, Lou? Or is there still a little tiny gap between Burrow and that top four that you hear everyone talk about and draft super super early? Um. I mean, the only thing separating him is the rushing, but then again, Patrick Mahomes doesn't necessarily have the rushing. So I do think, I do think, you know, it is in the realm of possibility where Joe Burrow could be quarterback three, quarterback two, something like that. I absolutely think that. I just think because he hasn't been in that territory yet, that's why I wouldn't be drafting him there. But for me, yeah, one hundred percent, I can see Joe Burrow. In that, you know, that top three. What do you think Sharples on Burrow this season? I think both he and Lamar are in that slight tier below the the main three. So for me, there's a top three, and then those guys are in that tier below. I just think the top three are so. Not only do you get the high potential with them, but they're so safe. Like you know that that for me, there's no chance any of them bust. Whereas with Lamar, I mean, we've seen it for the past couple of seasons. You've been taking him in the fourth, fifth round, and he's not been giving you that value. I mean, with Burrow, I don't think he's a bust risk. I think it's just, as we've said, the lack of rushing does sort of limit him a little bit. Um, so, yeah, for me, the, the, both he and Lamar are in that tier slightly below. Yeah, I, I feel like I like Burrow for like what Lou said about the kind of, there's no rushing there, but just the sheer volume of, of yards, of touchdowns. I, I feel like I have a lot of patience and a lot of time for those quarterbacks that can be amazing for fantasy without having the, the rushing or the rushing touchdowns. But it's because I had Tom Brady two years ago who finished quarterback three just through sheer volume, through sheer amount of touchdowns that he threw. So it can be done, you know, and yeah, Burrow's an amazing player. Coming in at four, we've all got Lamar Jackson at four, so that's consensus. That's an either easy average to work out. Um, Lamar Jackson's a weird one because we're clearly all high in him, but then again... 
you could also ask why don't we have him number one because that's where Lamar Jackson could easily finish is it a bounce back year for Lamar Apples? I mean I think at this point it kind of has to be doesn't it I mean Lou and I were talking about it before the show I mean obviously he had that unbelievable MVP year but Ever since I've been playing fantasy, because I joined after that, I've never seen him have a spectacular season. We've taken him in our sleeper league before in the fourth, fifth round and been disappointed. So he's just been given the bag. He's obviously still got Mark Andrews there. He's got a couple of new toys at wide receiver. This, this for me, has to be the year where he shows that he can do it in the air as well as on the ground. If he does both, great. He's quarterback one. But yeah, I think it definitely is a, a show me year for Lamar this year. I'd agree. I think the new offensive coordinator coming over should bring a faster pace of play um but yeah i mean judging by the last few seasons we've got lamar at his ceiling here because um he was quarterback 19 last year obviously kind of plagued with injury but you're always having lamar up here with that hope that that mvp style season comes back because he was so electric and so unbelievable and the best player in the whole of fantasy by a mile that year um so that's why he's always this high. That's why you always want to put him as your MVP or something, don't you, don't you Lou? Yeah, and as Sharples said, I agree. It's, this is a show me here. This has to be it. Off-field issues are resolved. Let's see it. Next third on our quarterback rankings, Jalen Hurts. We're starting to get into those guys that you're going to have to draft really high if you want them. Um, Hurts, I've got him at two. Sharples has got him at two, Lewis at three, so we're also high on Jalen Hurts. Just a really great, amazing player on a really good team who can throw the ball, who can rush, and whose intangibles, I think, are really, really great. I, I wouldn't be surprised if his passing even takes a step up this year. What do you think, Luke? Yeah, I hope so. And for me, you know... The Eagles are going to have a pretty tough go of it. They've got a really high strength schedule because they did so well last year. To me, that means they're going to be in more games where they're not going to be able to rest on that defence as much. Jalen Hurts is going to have to show it. He's going to be hungry because of that loss um, in the Super Bowl. I, I think Jalen Hurts comes out and he's better than last year. Oh, Sharples, do you agree? Yeah, I, th- I think so too. Uh, I mean... Devonte Smith is another year older and better. Couple him with AJ Brown. That's arguably the best one-two punch in the in the in the league. I know maybe uh, Jamar Chase um, and T Higgins would uh, disagree with that, but for me, uh, it's AJ Brown and Smith. Plus Dallas Goddard coming back. Obviously a little bit injured last year, but we can't forget what a weapon he is. Um, and also Jandre Swift, who I think is a you know pretty nifty pass catcher when you give him the opportunity. For me, he's got all the weapons. Again, for him, because I think he started last season, we were sort of not even sure whether he was going to have a job by the end of it. There was a lot of uncertainty. I think now he's bedded in, more confident for more confidence for him. And yeah, I think I agree with Lou. I think he he'll come out swinging and be even better this season, which is a a scary proposition. Yeah, I mean spoilers for next episode, but I think I might have. Philadelphia to win the Super Bowl this year but it could change we'll get into it on the next episode uh, number two quarterback Josh Allen everyone knew what was happening there I think uh, I have him at one we'll unpack that in a moment when we talk about the next player Lewis has him at two Sharples at three you you get it so consistently with Allen even if the Bills seem to be slumping a little bit he's still super usable and super good for fantasy 
He can score rushing touchdowns. His arm's incredible. Um, what what have I missed, lads, on Josh Allen? No, nothing. He's a uh, like you say. I mean, yeah. that's why that's why he's in there in the in the one two because he can do it all. He's consistent. You get you get the ceiling plus the floor with him. Definitely not complaining if uh, if you can't get Mahomes because he's he's pretty much as good as. Luke. I agree. Like with these quarterback rankings, for me, it's like call me old fashioned, but it's Allen and Mahomes every year, and it will be for the foreseeable future. Those top two. Um, so, yeah, I've got Allen two. Could have him one. You know, he's gonna be great. You know, he's he's one of the guys who like. I would advocate teching. If if you know if if you see him, where he's going in his ADP, you're not really going to regret teching Josh Allen. I don't think. I don't think it's going to be a detriment to your team if you're going to tech one of these amazing quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny we talk about rushing quarterbacks and these top two we've got. I wouldn't say necessarily you draft for the rushing. You know, they might score a touchdown mm. or two, but it's just you can't really explain it other than saying. The like the two best players in the league, and that's why they rack up so many fantasy points. And of course, number one quarterback in our rankings this year, Pat Mahomes. You two have him at one. I unbelievably have him at three. What is that about? It's because it's fantasy football, lads. It's fantasy football, not real life football. I'm not saying that Mahomes mm-hmm. isn't the best player in the whole entire league because he is. Um, but yeah, you got a bit mad at me because I had him at three, didn't you? Yeah, because like, listen, I've I've played the game in previous years, you know, like putting other quarterbacks at number one, Josh Allen, Jill Hurts, Lamar Jackson, all these exciting guys, and then it's Pat Mahomes every year. I'm done, done betting against Patrick Mahomes in any fashion, so he'll be number one for me and next year and the year after. <laughs> yeah, he's the best player in the best offense. And he's got Travis Kelsey. Yeah. I mean, before we finish talking about quarterbacks, I just want to briefly mention one player who I've been thinking about quite a lot this past few weeks um, because he's injured. Um, but the injury and the down year, which I think was due to his coach the past few years, means and, and the petulance off the field, means that we've kind of stopped speaking about Kyler Murray. Uh, and rightly so, we don't have him ranked in this QB1 range. But I just think it's really interesting because both fantasy and real life, am I completely mad for saying that talent-wise, I think Kyler Murray could be top four, top five quarterback in the whole league? Or am I reaching there seriously? But just what... No, no. Listen, if, if it was a normal year... And Kyler Murray had, you know, um, if, you know, if, if so, we're doing this next year. If we're saying this next year, Kyler Murray's back, fully healthy. Um, the coach has done all right this year. Kyler Murray would be fourth for me. He would be above Lamar Jackson because I feel like he's, you know, from what I've seen, I like him more as a passer than Lamar Jackson. You know, he would be fourth for me. It's just all these extenuating circumstances for Murray make him sort of undraftable for me this year. Yeah, what what, what do you think on, on Murray Sharper, just briefly? Because I, I realised that because he's been injured and he didn't have a great year last year, we've not really spoke about him at all on this podcast, apart from like to kind of take the piss a little bit. Um, but if anyone's new to fantasy or the NFL in general, 
I think they need reminding how good Kyler Murray actually is. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I don't know if you remember, but I picked him as my MVP for last year because he'd he'd had a he'd had a good couple of seasons. Plus, we were adding you know DeAndre Hopkins to that team. I thought it was a a great combination, and obviously everything happened how it did. Yeah, I mean, purely just looking at him as a player, I think I agree with Louis. He, he could be up there in that five four three position. It's just everything that comes with it, and so we'll you know we really need to. Yeah, I think I think it's probably going to be a, a next season one that for me. I mean, if you want to take him with with your last pick because he's not being drafted in most of the drafts I'm in, I, I I wouldn't hate it, you know, and see and maybe if your quarterback gets injured, he comes back in sort of week six, week seven. He's definitely got that upside. It's just yeah, everything that comes with him that drags him down, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted just to mention Murray for a second because he's a really interesting player um, who I don't. I, I I want to say he's not going to play this year. You you have. Cardinals fans seeming to think he's gonna he's gonna play in like October, which I don't know. Um, anyway, let's let's just get this one done, lads. Our tight end rankings. Uh, <laughs> we could have easily just on, yeah, we could have easily done. done four plays here. We had to do we, we you know against our will we had to do twelve. Um, at number twelve we got Chigo Conquo for the Tennessee Titans now. A lot of these guys in this kind of 12 to 9, 8 range are going to be those guys to look out for at the end of your draft. You know, Chigakonkwo, late round tight end that might end up being a nice set and forget piece in your team. You know, you've got Hopkins added to this team, you've got Traylon Burks, but I think there are targets to be won in this offence and I think Okonkwo could kind of, um, kind of forge himself a really nice role in this team. David Njoku at number 11. Now, Lou, you're going to talk about him. For the longest time, he's kind of been in that pits mould of amazing athleticism. Don't see it on the field, hasn't he, Lou, a little bit? Pretty much, although, you know, last year, only played 14 games, we had a career high in receptions, touchdowns, fantasy points. So Summer clicked last year. Um, he was. He actually came eighth at the position in points per game. Um, I think the real question for Njoku is, will the quarterback play improve? You know, there's no question that he is the guy at tight end for the Browns. So, if this offense and the passing game can get to the next level or or get to a level, um, it, it could be in line for another career year. I think. You know. I'm not saying that's going to be amazing or anything to shout about, but I think he is a fine tight end to have. Yeah, Coming in at tight end 10 in our rankings is Greg Dulcich. Now, Dulcich is the tight end that I'm targeting late in my drafts because I don't normally uh, get in the position to kind of draft one of those really early guys and I try and stay clear of them in the middle of rounds, trying to kind of... Philip on wide receiver. So Dulcich is the guy that I'm looking out for. He showed some flashes last year of some really good athleticism. Um, I think he could have like an Evan Engram of this past year-esque season uh, in this Denver team that's hopefully going to be better. Yeah, um, Dulcich at 10. I, I like him as a tight end to target. Then you've got the safest the safest pick there is, haven't you, Lou? Pat Fryermuth at 9. Yeah, that is the word, safe. That is the word. Um, consistent option on the team. He's been a decent bet for fantasy since he emerged as a rookie. 
averaged over 9.5 fantasy points a game in both of his seasons, which is good as gold for your tight end, really, if you're getting one that late. Um, you'd hope that his receiving yards would increase uh, from last year. He was somewhat touchdown dependent, really, last year. But, um, yeah, I think for him, if he's going to be safe as always. Number eight, we've got Evan Engram. I mentioned him just uh, a minute ago. Bit of a breakout for this guy last year. Tight end five. Uh, we've got him at eight. Sharples, I think you're the highest on him at seven. Um, same again for Engram or back to Giants Engram? Um, yeah, no, I think I think he'll I think he'll kick on. I, um, I think we're all under the assumption that Trevor Lawrence will, will progress, and so therefore when the quarterback gets better, it tends to be that his receivers get better too. Obviously, we've got the added complication of Calvin Ridley coming in, who's going to take the targets away. Um, but I think for, for Evan Engram, I mean, he was tight in five last season, but it wasn't really spectacular numbers that needed to get him there. And so I think he's, he's going to be fine to maintain. I think if he gets five, six touchdowns, um, similar number of receptions as last year, I think he'll be fine for, for the for the, yeah, for the tight end seven, which is where I've got him. And straight off again, Sharples, we've got Pitts at seven. Talk to me about Kyle Pitts, the man who everyone wants to be king of the tight ends. <laughs> yeah, that is the thing. I mean, with this one, I don't know whether it's heart overhead because obviously coming into the league, he was this absolute phenomenon. We thought he was going to be the god of tight ends for years to come. And obviously it's not quite worked for him. Let's just see what it looks like under under Desmond Ritter. There's not a whole lot in the wide receiver room to take away from him. Obviously, Drake uh, Drake London's there, uh, good player. But other than that, I mean, I think I would imagine that Kyle Pitts is is the number two receiver, certainly of of the likes of Matt Collins, maybe number one. He just needs to get utilised. So I'm hoping the offense is going to get itself together and used by what is all account an absolute demigod at tight end. And if they do, then he should make tight end six comfortably. Yes, Darren Waller coming in at six. Lou, is he going to be nice for the Giants? Maybe the number one target on this team we're hoping for, right? Yeah. Um, really, you know, weird for me to be high on a, anybody who has anything to do with Daniel Jones, but who else in New York is there to throw the ball to? You know, as long as Darren Waller stays healthy, he's easily the number one target on this team going to have tons of work apparently in training camp Daniel Jones already only has eyes for one player and that one player is Darren Waller um, and that's what I'm betting on the workload nice tied fourth place first up George Kittle now to me having Kittle up here at four it, it speaks more of the tight end landscape at the minute you know you, you've essentially got the same three guys dominating the rankings over the past four years, one of which, George Kittle, hasn't been amazing for fantasy for a while. However, he did have some boom games with Purdy last year, and as an NFL player, everyone knows that he's elite. Um, so he can't really go much lower than this in the rankings because of because of who he is, essentially. So, yeah, Kittle at four, and he's joined the by Dallas Goddard. Um Nice last season, wasn't he, Shaffles? I always feel we've got it that there's there's something more there. Yeah, I think a little bit taken away by injuries last season, not only to him but also to Lane Johnson, which means he then has to block more and run run routes a bit less. But when it's just him on the pitch running routes, I, I think he is the the third best tight end behind 
Andrews and Kelsey. Obviously, Kittle fans come at me, but I just don't think we've seen it enough from from Kittle recently. Um, and I've been I've been seeing him drafted around the pits and the Engrams, and for me, Goddard is just better than that. And I think he will come back this season and remind people that he is in that Titan three caliber. Uh, at number three, we've got TJ Hawkinson. Um, I've got him at four, Lewis at three, Sharples at four. Now, again, I think this is a similar story to George Kittle in that it speaks to the Titan landscape. We've got a guy here that's that's proven that he's talented and he's had some really, really huge weeks in his career. Um, so he's always going to be near the top of the Titan rankings because not many Titans kind of fit that mold do they um Lou since you're highest on Hawkinson this year talk, talk to me about him what, what are we going to see I just think you're gonna you're gonna see a player with a decent target share on his team an offense that he's going to have to throw the ball lots because the defense is going to be terrible um he is you know outside I mean you've got Jefferson now and then you got the rookie Addison. You got Osborne. I would argue Hawkinson's the second best, um, second best pass catcher on that team, and I think he will probably demand the second highest target share on that team. Um, and that team is going to throw the ball a lot, so that's an incredibly valuable asset to have. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Coming in at number two, I'm just going to leave a couple seconds yet. There we go. I just wanted to leave a gap between these two guys and the rest. Mark Andrews coming in at number two. Uh, this is an interesting one. You know, we expect the passing game in Baltimore to get better and more players to be called in general, but there are also more people to spread the ball to. So is Andrews still going to be the number one target? I'm going to say yes. Chapels, what are you going to say? Yeah, he, he did hurt me a bit last year. I, I went up and got him in the third round against all my better judgment, and he wasn't quite that superior that he's been. But yeah, for me, he's definitely the number one receiver on that team, and hopefully with Lamar throwing it more, that'll translate into a into the Mark Andrews season that we know he deserves. Lou, Mark Andrews, number one on that team. Yes, for the first half of the season. Okay, well, that's good enough. Uh, and at number one, we've got Travis Kelsey. Forget about it. Let's do running back next, lads. I want to say wide receiver to the end because I think it is the most stacked position this year. At number 12 in our running back rankings, Travis Etienne Jr. of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I've got him at 10, Lou at 14, and Sharples at 14. Two. Um, Lou, why don't you talk about Etienne? Um... I think he's going to be really great this year, as can be seen by my ranking. But why do you have him out of your top 12? Is he going to be good? Yeah, I think he's going to be good. Um, another year removed from the injury that kept him out his rookie year. Uh, on an exciting team whose offence we expect to improve yet again. Um, I, I don't really think he has top five upside because of his utilisation. You know, the team drafted Tank Bigsby, who seems in line to get a notice, notable share of the workload. Early, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, the short yardage, goal line stuff, because Etienne wasn't that efficient in those instances last year. Um, but, you know, Etienne, explosive play capability, his usage in the passing game, and his talent just lead me to believe that he's going to still have a really solid year for fantasy with a 
potential to push that top 12. You know, I have him at 14, but he could break into that top 12. Yeah, I think you and Charles have him at his floor, to be honest with you, um, judging from what we saw last year. And and he is pushed up because of like the uncertainty with a Josh Jacobs who hasn't made it in our top 12 because of that uncertainty. With a uh, Brees Hall as well, I feel like those two players are people that we would uh, have higher than him in our consensus rankings. But uh, at 11... Mm. We've got Najee Harris. Um, I I love Najee Harris. I've got him at eleven. I'm the highest on him. Um, I just love him. I think he's such a solid, really good NFL player. Admittedly, this doesn't always translate to fantasy success, but I think this off- Steelers offense is going to be better. We know that Mike Tomlin loves a Belko back, and Najee Harris is going to be a running back one. It's just going to be on consistency, not necessarily boom weeks. Um, Joe Mixon's coming in at 10 Mixon, I think people are rising on him I think they are rising on him in general uh, Sharp will speak to me about Joe Mixon Yeah, I really like Mixon he, he, I think he's actually risen up my ranking since since we did these But um, yeah, I, I'm not sure why he started this season so low in ADP Because for me, the, the circumstances haven't really changed And he was really good last season He's got absolutely zero competition um, in the running back room He's a good pass catcher as well as a runner. Um, yeah, for me, the only thing that could dis- disrupt him is if something happens to Joe Burrow and then it disrupts the offense. Um, but yeah, no, he, he, he's really consistent. His ADP is rising. Uh, for me, he's a he's a certain top 10. Yeah. Yeah. Number nine, Jonathan Taylor, which I think is just horrendous from us. But that is because I've got him at five, whereas Sharples has him at 15, Lewis has him at 10. Nine in our consensus rankings. Now, of course, my ranking and I would say our consensus rankings rely on Taylor playing, of course. I think he will play. I think he will play with the Colts. But even before this trade request stuff, people seem to be really undervaluing Taylor. Now, let me remind you, we're talking about a guy who ran away, pun intended, with the running back one title two years ago. You know, he was the best player in fantasy by a mile, like like Lamar Jackson was the season that he was. It's not like there weren't reasonable explanations for his struggles last season. And sure, you've got a rookie quarterback coming in that is is good at running and he might rely on that from time to time. But a rookie quarterback's best friend is a great running back and Jonathan Taylor is a great running back you know I as I mentioned I've got him at running back five he's coming in at running back nine in our consensus rankings but I think that's his floor I think that's Bill O's floor you know if we're sat we're sat here in January talking about Jonathan Taylor being the running back one overall at the end of the year in fantasy I don't think anyone is surprised are they would any of you two be surprised if Taylor ends up running back one on the season Um, me based on talent no based on everything that's going on yes why, Lou? I, I agree, Sharples, but like I said, I, I think he will play and it will get worked out. Why, Lou? I I don't know. I just I, this is this doesn't make any sense because I know he did he has done that before. But to me, the way this team uses him, that you know, we saw last year, just doesn't fit that archetype of a number one back like McCaffrey, Eckler, Barkley, these guys who. A sort of all-encompassing in the passing game and the running game. Yeah. I don't know if 
I don't really... Taylor, to me, seems more like he's settled into the ground and pound, Derek Henry-esque type of guy. Yeah, and but I suppose the ground and pound, Derek Henry-esque type of guy was why he had the Derek Henry-esque season. But, yeah, Taylor at nine, a really interesting one there. Um, I will say I don't think he's going to finish at nine. I think he's either going to finish a lot higher or a lot lower. So that should be interesting to look back on. Uh, but number eight, Ramondre Stevenson. <laughs> Lou has loved Ramondre Stevenson for a long time, haven't you, Lou? Yes, yes, I have. He's a great player. This one's tricky, though, because of every team in the league, I'd say New England, um, and obviously the Saints now with Kareem Hunt, but New England are one of the more likely teams to sign one of those notable free agent running backs that are still out there, you know, Fournette, Cook, Elliott, those guys. Um, which would obviously be a detriment to Ramondre Stevenson. He'd still be good, but maybe not as good as we're projecting him to be here. But as that remains to be seen, he's my RB8. Um, and he's great. He's meant absolutely kills it on the ground. He's utilised at an elite level through the air as well. He was running back seven last year while splitting carriage with Damian Harris for most of the season. And, you know... The opportunities for the guys who finished above him last year, so this is carries and targets added together, okay? Nick Chubb, 339. Saquon Barkley, 371. Derek Henry, Henry, 390. Christian McCaffrey, 352. Josh Jacobs, 404. Austin Eckler, 331. Ramandre Stevenson, 298. So... If if Stevenson has made the team's true lead back and he can break that 300-plus opportunity threshold like the rest of those guys who finished above him, the ceiling is crazy, absolutely crazy. I, I just think the risk for me is that this team doesn't allow that. You know, as much as Bill Belichick might want to make some snide comments saying, you know, LaDamian Tomlinson or whatever, rush for however many yards or whatever, this team has shown us that they like a committee running back scheme so that is why I'm a bit standoffish and why I'm not like putting Ramandra Stevenson fourth overall or something like that in my rankings or something but you know I, he's, he's yeah he's further down than guys we will talk about but I think he's going to be really good with a great ceiling I think it might have been Corey Dillon who was really good for the Patriots once upon a time Lee, just to put my NFL historian hat on um, and of course, Sony Michelle was amazing, wasn't he? Can we just yes. take one second to appreciate Sony Michelle who retired? I saw this really funny. Um, this re- I think we did last last episode as well. This is a lot of it's a lot of Michelle talk. Michelle. Yeah. Well, it it, I, I, remi- I got reminded of him because he played with Stetson Bennett, the guy um, that the Rams just drafted. He played with Stetson Bennett in college, and. Before Stetson Bennett uh, had been drafted into the NFL, college teammates, Sonny Michelle played for like five teams, won two Super Bowls and retired <laughs> before before Bennett came even came out of the draft. So uh, that's why I've got Sonny Michelle on the mind. Uh, number seven, anyway, in our running back rankings, is Tony Pollard. Now, you two really like him. You've got him at six. I've got him at eight. Baked into mine, I think, is a slow start to the season. Um, coming off the injury um, maybe no Ronald Jones means that it can't be a slow start though. Uh, Lou you're going to talk to us about Tony Pollard yeah I'm not really worried about the injury 
Um, and, you know, Dallas, that change in offensive coordinator, Mike McCarthy calling the plays, they want to slow down the pace of play. That means more running of the ball. That means more carries for Tony Pollard, who's shown himself to be an elite yards per carry running back. So basically, everything I just said about Ramandre Stevenson applies doubly to Tony Pollard. Um, Pollard finished with <clears throat> Pollard finished with less than one fantasy point fewer than Ramandre Stevenson, yet he played one less game and had 50 fewer touches than him. Stevenson had 298 opportunities, Pollard had 248, and he finished as the running back eight. That is insane. You know, to put it into perspective, the closest running back in the top 24 last year was James Connor with 241 opportunities, and he finished as the running back 20. That just shows you how efficient Tony Pollard is. So he's completely next level. I think this Dallas team is set on him being the lead back. And the promise of more carries, more targets for someone as efficient as Pollard is incredibly exciting. And he is a guy who I think has running back one potential. Number six, we've got Derek Henry coming in. I'm uh, Me and Lewis have him at seven, Sharples at five. Um, since you're the highest on him, Shapples, tell us why it's going to be another great season for Derek Henry. Yeah, I think there's obviously a decline coming soon, but I don't think it's this season. I think he's got at least one more in him. Um, obviously, Hopkins coming in as, a, as a, a marquee wide receiver, he'll be getting a lot of targets. But, I mean, for me, even if Hopkins gets in the 140, 150 target range, that still won't take away from Derek Henry's, three, Derek Henry's 300 rushing attempts. Uh, he's an absolute monster. He's a juggernaut. Uh, uh, yeah, for me, this this is not the year that he falls off. He's been super consistent over the past few years when he's not been injured. And yeah, I think they're just going to keep giving him the ball. And for me, if he finishes in that sort of running back three mark, I won't I won't be surprised. Coming in at number five is B. John Robinson. He's the ho- he's the only player in these whole rankings that has a brackets next to his name and a, a big capital R in the middle because he's a rookie. We've got a rookie this high up our rankings. Um, I've got him at four, Lou at five, Sharples a bit further down at eight. I'm going to ask why in a second. But I just want to say that we're, I'm going for it and it looks like we're going for it. You know, Bijan Robinson running back five. I tried my best to put him lower. I really did because he's a rookie, but everything is there. Robinson this year amazing prospect run first team whose arrows pointed up awful division he's the dude in his backfield you know volume talent youth don't think about it just do it Sharples why have you got him down at eight I've just not seen it yet I mean if if we're talking um a keeper league obviously yeah go from because you might have the number one running back for the next six seven years but for me this year with some of the guys that are going around him that I've that I've seen and that are established, I think I'd be more comfortable taking them. Obviously, I've still got him in the top 10. If he falls to me, I'm not going to be mad. But he's a rookie running back. There's still a little bit of talent in that backfield for me. Algier was very serviceable last year. Cordero Patterson can always do you a little job. So there's a, for me, there's just a little bit of competition in there. Just in case sort of those first couple of games don't go brilliantly, I think there'll be a bit of pressure to maybe give Algier a few carries. And that's why he's a little bit lower. But from everything I've seen in the draft, he, he looks to be a supreme talent. And if we're talking keeper leagues, get him. Go all out for him. Yeah, yeah. 
So four is Saquon Barkley. I'm a bit lower on Barkley, fellas. I've got him at six. Um, I just, I, I just still feel like, like, I'm, I'm gonna say Lou. I just feel, I just always feel like you're kind of willing Barkley to be better, willing the the old Barkley to come back. As seen in your running back two ranking. Why have you got him at running back two? <laughs> Why have you got him at running back two with, um, with that smug laugh? Why have you got the man who finished running back five last year in what everyone was saying was he's the he's back season? Why is he at number two <laughs> for you? Because I had him last year um, in a couple of leagues and it was great. Okay, I thought he was really great. He's another year removed from an ACL tear. You know that's that. I mean, that's an irrelevant point now because he's that far removed from it. Um, he's back on the team. He's back with the team. He's been paid. Nothing's going to be holding the player back. Um, I just, when we're looking at all these guys, you know, you've got some players around here who are getting a bit older. Some players who are rookies and we haven't seen it. Some guys who were not sure about the contract with Barkley. You've got all of that confirmed. He's got his contract. He's still well in his prime. You know, his best years are right now. Um, we've seen him be elite. You know, all these things add up to me to a guy where it's like, I I feel like Saquon Barkley is actually a safe bet to be a elite running back, which is why I've got him as high as I do. Okay, okay. Coming in at number three, Nick Chubb. We've all got Nick Chubb at number three. We're all in agreement then that... Same old for Nick Chubb, but no one stealing any catches or touchdowns off him. Nick Chubb's a weird one because for about three or four years now, the kind of accepted thing has been, oh, well, he's the best running back in the league, but not for fantasy. And now that Kareem Hunt goes and he gets given the backfield, I feel like people are a bit hesitant to jump straight in. What we're saying here... I think is that he can jump straight in um, and that he's going to be really great, isn't he, Sharples? Yeah, uh, I mean, you talk about safe bets. I think Nick, Nick Chubb, providing he remains injury-free, is the safest. Uh, unbelievable runner. Uh, I'd like to see him get a few more receptions and, and like we're saying, without Kareem Hunt there, he, he might actually do that. Um, but yeah, I think I think that the biggest block of him has been Kareem Hunt. He's now gone. I'm really excited to see what, what Nick Chubb could be. And of all the running backs that we've spoken about so far, you talk about RB1 potential. I think Nick Chubb has it. Without Kareem Hunt in the way, if he stays healthy, if Nick Chubb, if Nick Chubb finishes RB1, it wouldn't surprise me. Austin Eckler coming in at number two, last year's running back one. Um I'll admit that I don't think he's going to score as many touchdowns as he did last season, but I think he's going to be really good and he's going to see a lot of volume in a really fast-paced and exciting offense. Lou, just talk to us really quickly about why you've got him down at four. It's just an age thing, really, and eventually that efficiency does start to wear. Um, We've seen Eckler be great for many years now, but... Uh, I, yeah, I, I just don't want to get caught holding the bag, really. Um, I just He's still at four. I do think he's still going to be an excellent player. There's just three guys who I would rather bet on instead of him. And of course, at number one, we've got Christian McCaffrey. Um, I feel like with McCaffrey, chaps, uh, not as much volume as at the Panthers, but a far better team. So the points kind of are going to level out 
there. You know, not as many touches as in Carolina, but more valuable touches is essentially what I'm saying. Um, there are, yeah. I would, if I'm being totally honest, if we're talking about draft in general, there are three wide receivers that I would pick over Christian McCaffrey. So he's probably about my fourth overall player. Um, but the clear running back one across the board for us, isn't he? Um, what 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 you do you want to yeah. say about McCaffrey this season? Lou or Sharples, give us a sentence on the lad. I mean, I had him last season. I remember when he got traded from Carolina to 49ers. Uh, I had a conversation with you, Al, and I, and I was bemoaning it, saying, oh, you know, he's going to get much less of the ball. It's not going to be as good. And you were like, lad, but he's in a much better offense. And you were right, because there really wasn't a drop-off at all. Um, much more consistent, much more high-quality touches. Uh, when he was getting receptions, they were in better areas, they were better plays. So yeah, I mean, with with the he's a full package, you know, rushing and rece- receptions. And, and again, with him, it, it's injuries. But if he's if if he stays injury free, then he is the running back one. That that's just how it is. Lou, anything to say on CMC? Uh, uh, yeah, he's going to be class. He is going to be class. That is correct. Uh, and he threw a touchdown last season as well. Just couldn't help himself. Let's get into our wide receivers finally, though. Our top 12 wide receivers coming into the 2023 season. Um, I think this is so stacked. I really do think this is so stacked with amazing players that are going to be great for fantasy. At number 12, we've got Chris Olave. I'll start us off on Chris Olave. You know, after a fantastic rookie season, he's about to become the elite of the elite, I think. By far the number one on his team, and Derek Carr has shown that he can support a high-end wide receiver just looked to Devontae Adams last season. I expect that four touchdowns from last year to go up as well, um, and I think he's going to be comfortably a, run, uh, a wide receiver one. Um, Garrett Wilson next. Now, he's coming in at number 11 in our consensus rankings. You two both have him higher than me. I'm a bit further down on, I'm a bit further down on Jets in general. Um, but Lou, you've got him at ten. Uh, you, you've seen it from Garrett Wilson this season. I, I, I don't. I've got Chris Olave above him in terms of the second year wide receivers. But why have you got Wilson above Olave essentially? Um, well, yeah. I mean, th- what I'm going to say about Wilson sort of can be applied to Olave. I just think the quarterback play that Wilson is going to have is probably going to be better. Um, you know, he was impressive last year in his rookie year. Whatever you think about Aaron Rodgers at this stage of his career, <clears throat> it's undeniable that that is a quarterback upgrade mm. for Garrett Wilson. And also, second-year wide receivers are just historically great bets to hit or exceed their ADP. Since 2010, over 40% of second-year wide receivers drafted between rounds 3 and 8 exceed their ADP by more than six spots compared to all other wide receivers in those rounds, only 22% of them do. So you're almost doubling your chances of your wide receiver ex- ex- exceeding the ADP if they're a sophomore. Uh, for Wilson, he's being drafted right at the beginning of that third round. Uh, so that would, you know, if those metrics are correct, that would propel him into true wide receiver one territory. Obviously, that's going to be harder for him to do. You know, you're gonna, you know, it's going to be easier getting value on a guy you're drafting the seventh round than it is getting at a value on Garrett Wilson who you're taking at the start of the third. But I think it's a bet that I would make. Um, 
with the projected improvement in this passing game and the player's talent, I think that, you know, he could break into that elite tier. Coming in at number 10 is Jalen Waddle. I've got him at 13, Lewis at 12, Sharple's quite high on him at 9. Now, if we're talking about these wide receiver twos or one Bs, no place in our top 12 for my beloved T. Higgins um, or Devonta Smith. So basically, Sharples, what I want to ask you is, if we're looking at that trifecta of kind of, of 1B wide receivers, Waddle, Smith, Higgins, Waddle, I think we can all agree, is the one with the worst quarterback. So why do you have him ranked so high compared to those other guys? Why is he the best 1B there is? Um, well, for me, just fundamentally, he is a better wide receiver than those two, just from everything I've seen um, on the pitch. And I don't know. Uh, like, th- There's not a lot in it. There really isn't a lot in it. It's just, for me, from everything I've seen from Jalen Waddle, he's, he's just better. Like, He's just really, really good. Um, and yeah, th- there is a question mark. And the reason, I suppose it's a, it's a little bit counterintuitive because I've got two low because I think he might get injured. And, and if that happens, obviously, Waddle will take a hit. But if, if Tua stays on the pitch, then for me, Hill and Waddle will both finish as top 10 receivers because there were times last season when he was just launching it every time. And like you said, there was a, the five-touchdown game. For me, he has the potential. That, you know, that could be a frequent occurrence as long as Tua stays healthy. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a combination of who he is and the situation he's in. The other thing that hinders him for me is just Tua staying healthy. Really interesting. Coming in at number nine is C.D. Lamb. Lou, talk to me about C.D. Lamb. We've had many conversations about how we don't think Lamb is necessarily an alpha wide receiver. You know, you're the highest on him. Sharples has got him below Waddle at 10. He's coming in at nine for us. Um, Can he still be a really high-end wide receiver if he's not like a true, true alpha? Um, Yeah. I've got him at seven and I've come round on CD Lamb a little bit this off season. You know, he's he's in his prime, twenty four years old. He's his team's clear number one wide receiver. Uh averaged over nine targets a game last season, which is a number that has increased year on year. He's also had a great back end to last season, averaging twenty point five fantasy points per game from week nine. So he's shown that, you know, he he can produce at a elite level of fantasy football consistently. Um, he averaged 17.7 on the season last year, which is great anyway. You know, we might. I feel like we're talking about him as, you know, not being that alpha, but I'm starting to think it's just because we haven't seen that yet. Um, and he does fit the mould of a player who is on the cusp of breaking into that alpha elite 20 plus point per game threshold. And I'm buying into that. Nice, nice. Number eight. Devontae Adams, which might seem like absurdly low for Adams considering who he is and what he has done in the NFL and for fantasy. Me and Lou both have him at nine. He's pushed up by Sharples. He's got him at six. Uh, still not giving up on Devontae Adams, uh, with Sharples, even with Jimmy G throwing him the ball. I just think he's that good. He, he's just that good. Um, for me, I think we, we mentioned it in one of the previous episodes. I've got the sort of top six as a tier and Devontae Adams for me is in that. I've been getting him midway through the second round in mock drafts, which I think is unbelievable that you can start a draft with a Stefan Diggs followed by a Devontae Adams. That shouldn't be allowed. That should be illegal. Uh, I think even with Jimmy G, he, he, you know, 
He's shown that he can do it without Aaron Rodgers because he was unbelievable last year with Derek Carr. Jimmy G, Derek Carr, I'd say Derek Carr's better. I don't think there's a whole lot in it. He's an absolute target monster. He's not afraid to tell you that he's a target monster. He will demand the ball. He will get the ball. He will be Devontae Adams. I've got absolutely no qualms about that. And if I can start my draft with a Hill Adams or a Diggs Adams or even a Cup Adams, I mean, just give me the trophy now. Yeah, I mean, Devontae Adams, a wide receiver free last season. He could make our consensus ranking of eight look very silly by the end of the year. Uh, at seven, he's AJ Brown. Now, we expect AJ Brown, last year's wide receiver four, to maybe take a tiny step back in terms of fantasy rank this year, as you can see with our seven ranking, uh, mainly due to that emergence of Devon Smith um, as like you know a true, real, great wide receiver in the league. But Brown is still one of those guys that you're going to want to take in the first couple rounds. Uh, which goes to show, as I mentioned when we started, these wide receivers, how deep these great, great wide receivers are this season. Um, I want to spend a bit of time talking about this next guy. We've got number six now rankings, the guy that I think we may as well call this podcast's MVP this year. We're all planting our flag on a Mamra St. Brown this year of the Detroit Lions. Me and Lewis have got him at six, Sharples at seven. We're, we're a few, about two or three picks above general consensus on St. Brown. Um, for me, if I'm just going to keep it pretty simple, it's because I think he's going to lead the league in receptions. I think that's a, a lock. What do you think, Lou, on St. Brown? Yeah, I agree. I think this is going to be a team that's going to be earning the ball out a lot. St. Brown is a fantastic player. Um, you know, talent is what makes targets, and this guy is one hell of a talented wide receiver. He's going to get hammered with targets. Um, I just, yeah, I think he's going to be great. You know, coming into year three, he could absolutely blow up. Chapels. Um, obviously, love him, love the talent. Had him last year. Um, really consistent, like unbelievably consistent. I just worry that Jameer Gibbs, I'm hearing a lot of ruminations and rumblings that he's going to potentially line up as a as a receiver at times, and I do feel like he might in, eat into some of that target. Um, but nevertheless, I think, yeah, really, really high floor for St. Brown this year. And yeah, had him last year, he was fantastic. So no complaints if I end up with him. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Gibbs lining up as wide receiver more speaks to the fact that there's no one behind St. Brown rather than it's going to be into St. Brown's uh, tags. But yeah, at five, we've all got Stefan Diggs at five. Forget about it. And then number four, I think that we love Diggs, but then uh, these top four are the, the really, really interesting ones. We've all got a variation on this top four. I'm just going to read you all our variations, then we'll go player by player. So I'm going one to four. Jefferson, Hill, Chase, Cup. Lewis is going Chase, Jefferson, Hill, Cup. Sharps is going Jefferson, Cup, Chase, Hill. So it just shows you how amazing all these guys are. And, you know, it's uh, it's up to interpretation. Consensus, though, means that Cooper Cup is at four, which I'm happy with, considering there's there's already rumours about him maybe having a bit of a tweak in, in training camp. Um, what do we think about Cooper Cup this year, chaps. Again, another ranking that could make us look really stupid having him only at four. Lou? Yeah, he's going to be great. I'm just a little bit worried about the injuries. 
and the you know out of these teams, I think the Rams has the worst offense between you know Minnesota, Miami, and Cincinnati. The Rams has the worst offense, but Cooper Cup is gonna be class, and he's probably gonna make us look silly. Yeah, well, maybe not Sharples. You've got him at two, haven't you? Yeah, but I think equally so, he could make me look silly because it, you know. If you take, I think of of these top four, he probably does have the biggest ri- uh, risk associated with him purely because of the injuries. You know, you wouldn't be surprised if you take him and then by week three something's happened and he's out for the season. So it, it's a bit of a gamble, but I just think the ceiling with him is just unbelievable. And if he had a uh, an uninjured Matthew Stafford as a as a quarterback, I think he'd probably be my number one. Yeah, uh, number three, we've got Tyreek Hill. Um... I'm super high on Tyreek Hill. I want Tyreek Hill this year. Uh, I'm not going to say much because I, I'm going to talk about Tyreek Hill in the next episode. But you two just give us a sentence on Hill this year. He's very fast. He's very fast. As I mentioned, I will be talking about Hill next episode. Uh, Chase at number two. Lou, why is Jamar Chase better than Justin Jefferson? What are you playing at <laughs> um, that's more egregious the than the, argument the, ever. the Mahomes thing that I did I think <laughs> no I don't think so because we've, we've I don't think we've seen Chase's I don't even think we've seen his ceiling yet he had an incredible rookie season but that was his rookie season and then last year he was injured a little bit and missed a few games I just don't think we've seen his ceiling and I've got him at number one because he's my favourite player in the league to watch he's amazing he's an amazing football player um, everything he does is just so smooth and it's like hypnotic watching the guy play um, and yeah I think I'm just going to keep betting on Jamar Chase until he ends up being the wide receiver one because he will be one of these years Okay, uh, and then of course Justin Jefferson is our number one right wide receiver um, lads, but, I mean I, I, is there much to say about Jefferson Sharples what else do you want to say about Justin Jefferson other than that he's amazing? No, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what more you can say. He's he's, he's unbelievable. He's, he's got the volume. He makes the big plays. I think you've seen from, from watching the quarterback documentary how much Kirk Cousins relies on him. Um, obviously, mm. the, the rookie Addison's coming in, but with Thielen gone, you know, it's, it's not like he'll be eating into any of his targets. Yeah, he, he's, he's a monster. He look, I mean, with him being in the Minnesota jersey as well, he looks like the second coming of Randy Moss. It's unbelievable. He just seems to catch anything that's anywhere near him. Um, yeah, and, and a great dancer. What more can you say? Yeah, I mean, just springboarding <laughs> off Jefferson dead quick, um, I'm going to call Justin Jefferson my number one overall fantasy player of the year, seeing as we're off rankings. Lou, who would you have number one? Chase and Chapels. Uh Jefferson quite comfortably. Yeah, I I agree, uh, and I can't believe that Joe Burrow had both of these players <laughs> in college. They were teammates. That is crazy, but that is going to do it anyway. We mentioned a lot of names. We spoke about a lot of players. Um, one of them not DK Metcalf, which I'm very sad about because I have DK Metcalf nice and high. But anyway. So next episode, is we're going to go through some categories of predictions, really. Fantasy MVP, Super Bowl picks, breakout players, rookie of the year, all that fun stuff next, next, uh, next week. So less names to talk about next week, but still amazing fantasy 
analysis. Uh, any closing thoughts, chaps? From two of us. From two. So you're counting yourself out already, Lou. Nice one. Um, <laughs> any closing thoughts? Yeah, people will tell you. Can't pick Deshaun Watson. So no closing thoughts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for listening. See you later. Thank you. See ya. See ya.